This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, everyone, and, and welcome to the morning Monday morning break with me, Marie Greenhouse. Today, I'm going to be talking um, with Alex Edwards about assistive technology. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So good morning, everyone, on this beautiful bank holiday weekend. Um, I hope everyone has been having a wonderful time. Um, I know the last half term has been very tough on a lot of um, teachers and educators out there. Um, you know, GCSE exams have started, um, stat sats have happened. Um, so I just hope that everyone is really taking the time to enjoy this weekend. And if you're on half term next week, make sure you take a break and relax. So this morning, we're going to be talking um, about assistive technology. And later, Alex Edwards um, will be talking about how he uses it in the classroom and beyond with his students. Now, assistive technology is, um, it's a fairly new area for me to to research and read about i have to say i'm um possibly a bit behind on some of this but as i've been reading and, and researching i mean it's just an incredible area that's developing um so i read something this morning the speed that technology is advancing is times two every 18 months um and 89 percent of big data has been produced over the last two years alone so there's no doubt that this is you know a, a really big big area it's a really big thing um there are some stats that i read um and they were saying that users um query google 8.5 billion times per day um and 58 percent of internet traffic actually comes from phones so in 2012 um this was only 10 percent so the amount that we are accessing the internet and searches um, and and apps and so on um, has just risen at a huge, you know, has increased at a huge rate. Um, the other one, so this was a report from Tech Jury that, that came out in April. And the other one, which has made me think, people check their phones on average 150 times daily. I mean, that's like I'm, I don't know I don't know if I need to start monitoring how much I'm actually picking it up and checking it um I mean although I don't wear a watch so maybe I'm just checking the time <laughs> um I also had an email through this morning email update just through to my account that was um a, an update on all the sort of tips and things that you can use yourself on your own account um so there was things like minimizing distractions by setting focus sessions um there is the ability to use live captions um so i mean one of the things it said is that you can then um you can then actually, instead of having audio, if you haven't got headphones, but you need to watch or, or listen to something that you can just put the live captions on. Um, 
another one, make your cursor um, and your mouse point and the text easier to see um, and read just by changing the settings. I mean, um, that, that one sounds quite helpful. Um, and of course, using color filters on your screen. Um, the one that I'm interested in, and I am going to give this a try later, is using voice typing. So this is using online speech recognition. Um, and I just think, you know, that's that could be really, really helpful. So it was also Global Accessibility Awareness Day on the 18th of May. And I was really interested to read about some of the developments that came out of that. Um, so there was a new feature that's been released called the personal voice feature. And this is where users can actually make a digital clone of their voice. And apparently you can do that within 15 minutes. Um, and it's aimed at people who are who are at risk of losing their voices. Um, so maybe through neurological conditions. Um, and I know the Motor Neuron um, Association sort of commented on how good a development that could be. Um, but obviously, the Teachers Talk Radio, so thinking about the classrooms and education. So there was a report by the British Dyslexia Association, um, and they did some research in 2022 um, and the reports just come out and they were saying that with one in 10 people in Britain having dyslexia, um, there is a there is a big need. So saying children in every school should be introduced to assistive technology to help establish a common ground and an equal footing among students um, and help raise awareness of the benefits of incorporating technology within mainstream teaching and learning. Um, so it included several assistive technology recommendations to improve outcomes for people with dyslexia, um, especially in education. Um, so they're saying alongside raising awareness of assistive technologies, the benefits of, of intervention, um, early years intervention, carry into adulthood. Um, so that this understanding of the benefits of assistive technology translates into a greater availability of technology across workplaces. Um, and this would create a much more equal environment. Um, throughout the individual's life and reduce inequalities in social and public spaces. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the, the outcomes from this um, could really impact uh, someone's life long term. Um, the, po the point they do make, though, and I think that this is important, is that teachers need to receive training on assistive technologies um, that, that um, children might use in the classroom because um, otherwise it's uh, you know you're sort of saying yes we need to do this and yes these children need it but who actually is going to do it and who's got the skills um, so they have said the British Dyslexia Association have been quoted that the UK government's um, SEND and alternative provision improvement plan um, was actually a missed opportunity for assistive technology so they argue that while the government's plan to roll out assistive technology training to school staff, um, they only it's only 150 schools. And they've said, although this is a welcome step, this does need to be rolled out to all schools rather than a limited number. Um, another part, and a rather really important part of the report was where they um, presented evidence to and shared insights with um, the Commission about improving access and uptake of latest assistive technologies by dyslexic people. Um, so yeah, they they believe that assistive technology would become normalized uniformly for generations who have seen and interacted with the technology from an early age. Um, so yeah, they really interesting stuff coming out of out of that um, as well. So what we will do now is um, I'm interested in your thoughts on any of that. Um, so what we'll do now is we're going to hear from 
Alex. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and wellbeing tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. Good morning to Alex and thank you for joining us today. Um, we are going to talk about assistive technology today. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Um, can we just start right at the top? What is assistive technology? Okay, thank you for having me. Um, assistive technology is an area that covers a whole range of subjects and devices and uses. It's products and systems that support and assist individuals with disabilities, restricted mobility or other impairments to perform functions that might otherwise be difficult or impossible. In other words, it's used to increase, maintain or improve functional capabilities of individuals with disabilities. That sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm really interested in this. I think it's quite a sort of emerging area, I guess, for, um, for education and, and, and life, I guess, I suppose. So it, assisting, assistive technology, so we're kind of assisting people to be able to access more opportunities and education and, and things like that, I guess, sort of levelling the, leveling the playing field in a way. Um, so I'm, what I'm interested in... Um, particularly is I think there's this area of using assistive technology in the classroom which is probably quite um, well known and there'll be a lot of people um, listening and listening back to this who who would be quite familiar with using things like um, a laptop to type to record learning um, and various other things like that I mean there's all sorts you can do on a laptop now isn't there I think you can get graphic overlays on your screen um, in terms of differentiation you can kind of change the font change the size and things like that but I'd like to hear from you how you are using it because I think this is quite different and this is quite you know I'm, I'm really excited by this so at the college there's well and in any school or educational setting there's so many unique needs and different students with varied needs and I think I think using devices that support them to yeah, level the playing field is so important. And I think it, assistive technology, it just caters to the needs and improves functional capabilities. I think assistive technology works in any device, in phones or laptops or iPads. And it's just there's just features that make things easier. And it doesn't it doesn't give you an advantage over others, but it just it just levels it. So we use iPads now and we've um, started a new scheme which just allows students to learn in different contexts, through maths and English, but through things that basic book work maybe wouldn't be possible with others. So just developing things like touch and sensory development or routines, early interaction, timing, through games. I think you can mask a lot of learning behind games, which I enjoy. Um, I think it's really important to be able to use the iPads for fun as well, so, they, so it doesn't become such a boring task. That's that's really good. I love that. So, I mean, there's no doubt is there, that uh, gaming is very, very popular with, with young people, with a lot of people of all ages. Um, and I just I love this idea of perhaps those that are a bit reluctant to to engage with, you know, book work, as you said, or worksheets or even even just reading it off a screen. Um, if you're bringing in these these games, um, you're increasing their ability to engage with the learning um, and 
it's so much so they might not even realise they're doing it. I mean, there's amazing apps out there, aren't there, that can make learning fun. Um, I'm interested as well, I think, in this, um, what you've said about timing and, and things like that. Can you sort of tell, tell me a bit about that? Yes, yeah, so there's lots of games sort of, there's, yeah, people would sort of, that struggle with motor sort of skills. There's things like, I don't know, football games where you can um, kick the ball when you tap it at a certain time or um, answer a maths question at a certain point. There's a lot, we have a new maths game on the iPad that I've just put on there recently where it's like a story and sort of you have to use the maths to, to pass certain levels. So there, it's the same questions you would get on a basic worksheet, but it's just, it's more entertaining and it's using your hands in different ways. So maybe someone that would just never write with their hands with a pen or never type on a laptop with a keyboard, they're more than happy to type on an iPad because it's so similar to um, their phone. And I think, I think that's really, that's, what, that's the way things are going now is through phones and through technology. So I don't think using the iPads affects sort of normal writing skills because everyone's typing on their phones these days. That is so true. I mean, I, my handwriting is just getting worse and worse and worse, I think, because I'm always sort of, yeah, um, you know, texting or, or typing. So when I do write something, it's, uh, I can't struggle to read it myself. Um, that is that is fascinating, actually, because what you've talked about is different levels of, of engagement and actually meeting a lot of different needs so you know you've talked about the, the maths game so yeah developing math skills is, you know is a central life skill you're talking about developing their their fine motor skills and and their coordination um through the timing of the game um and then i think i mean i'm it's just just striking me it's about sort of confidence as well isn't it i know that we see it a lot particularly probably with further education um there can be a real barrier to to accessing the education, so say sitting down and doing a maths lesson, um, and and trying something, um, this sort of growth mindset, you know, that I I can't do it, but I can going to try and I can improve. Uh, all of that can be incredibly difficult for someone who's got low low confidence and um, low confidence in themselves as a learner. But I guess it's very normal for them to go on a phone or an iPad. Um, so you're, you're really getting them to engage with, with maths on that level as well. I mean, that's so yeah, interesting. Yeah. This um, assistive technology is sort of allowing you to meet lots of different needs in one activity. Um, so the other thing I know that we've talked about in the past um, and quite interested to talk about more is using assistive technology outside of the classroom. So sort of enabling them to become more independent out and about. So should we, should we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So the iPads are really great and any sort of accessibility features you can put on your phone because they are for life skills. And I think it's about with certain, especially the students at the college when they're getting older to sort of 19, 20, maybe they've passed their maths and English. It's about sort of preparing them for the real world. And I think by using technology, it's a, it's an easier way of, of integrating them into normal life. So it can be things like scanning road signs and um, it reads for you. There's different features for, for blind people which can be used for anyone, which would be you point your phone and it just describes things it sees. So you could point your phone at the water bottle and it will say blue water bottle or white bowl. And I think it's just, and you can point out anything, a menu, a road sign, your laptop, um, a worksheet, a maths worksheet, it could be anything, it could be a job application and I think the iPads just allow you to integrate seamlessly into 
adult life. I think that we have, there's another thing called Dragon's Speech. I think you can download that on any sort of laptop or Dragon's Breath. And um, you just speak and it types everything for you and gram like puts the grammar in. And I think it's just great. It's, in it, anyone can use that, even if you're good at typing, because it just, it makes things easier. And I think we should be using technology now just to cut out tasks that waste our time, I, I think. Mm. I think just being able to speak, it can optimize your sort of workflow much better. I think everyone should be using accessibility features. I think not just people that need it. I think you can, you won't know you need it until you try it. I, mm. I think there's so many things I use just from training courses that I've, that I've learned just make things much easier. That is, that is great. <laughs> I think I need to know a bit more about that because as you said, it's, you know, not only for the students, but actually we're going off into kind of staff, um, time mastery and, and, staff well-being as well and like you said this this job this working in education can be very pressured um i think the one resource people always say they need more of is time um and that's quite difficult to to give that to people so you're right it, this could be wider couldn't it within a school or a college or an education center is you bringing in this assistive technology to assist people in their jobs and yeah i'm definitely gonna to have to look up the, the dragons one because that sounds fantastic <laughs> takes me ages to type as well um so yeah anything like you said if you can just be talking and it and it um gets it all down for you that's that's really amazing um i was thinking about when you said about taking the taking the photo and it, it tells you i mean like you said just road signs for example so if you think of somebody who's got SEND needs or visual needs and barriers um going out to that's my email notifications <laughs> excuse that um so you know you think if i put myself in their shoes um or someone's shoes and you think of someone who wants to go out and and get the bus or wants to go to the shops or wants to attend you know they're, they're a young adult or an adult and they want to attend an appointment on their own but if you can't understand the road signs or you you are worried about getting lost and not knowing where to go that must be daunting if not really frightening um so actually just to have that in your pocket that you can take it out and no one's going to bat an eyelid um and you, and you know, to have that ability to develop your independence, I think that's a, that's an amazing, amazing thing to do. There's, there's just, I think there's just so much to go with this. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so some of the benefits then. So, I mean, we've touched on some, but can we sort of go through the benefits that you've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing with the assistive technology, uh, like what you were saying about the road signs, we have another thing we're trying to integrate, which is virtual reality. So ah, it would okay. be instead of instead of preparing for the road signs by going out with your phone, you can live these experiences in a comfortable environment. So there's different things we're trying to set up now, which would be learning how to just get on the bus and take that to the town centre and go into a shop. And it's just about putting the headphones on and the um, headset of your eyes and just feeling the experience of being out in public or being out in an environment. Maybe it'd be really difficult to sort of understand unless you were there i think i think it's very hard to teach someone about real life situations unless they unless they live it themselves so i think by using these features we can prepare things for we can prepare people for things they would never understand so i, I think it's i think it's just amazing that we can teach them how to walk to the shop or 
go to a job interview. I think there's ones on that now, or boarding a plane, or um, just that's, taking a walk. Wow, that's that's fantastic. I was thinking that's making me think of um, when I was first learning to to drive, or when I first passed my test, and I was a very very anxious driver about going places <laughs> that I didn't know. So what I would do then is um, I'd look it up I'd look the, the route up and then I'd do it on the street view and I'd kind of zoom in each each area so I could see what what the roundabout looked like or what the junction looked like and, and sort of check it all out I mean which is you know a little bit time consuming <laughs> um, but this is I mean virtual reality wow so they could you put the headset on and you can give them the opportunity to almost to practice um, but the important bit that you said there is they're doing it in a safe, comfortable place. So, you know, somebody with very high anxiety, you could, you know, you could have their member of staff with them so that if they start to get really, you know, they're getting that emotional support and safety whilst this gentle step of, of experience through virtual reality, that's, that's great. That's really great. So going into the benefits of assistive technology... Um, I think using the headset allows you to sort of listen and feel and read, but then also using the iPads, you can learn to write, to touch and cover all senses. Mm. So I think using them together or using, there's so many other devices for assistive technology that we'll start to integrate at the college. But I, I just think it, students have so many different learning styles and the iPads can serve as a multi-purpose learning tool that they can customise based on their own needs. And I think it allows students to become more aware of their own needs by mm. using these devices. They, they would maybe learn the things they need to improve on themselves, which I think learning from your own use of it, it might be more beneficial for them than us to tell them. Right? So. Oh, gosh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, they might have you know both strengths that they didn't realize they had um but also that kind of realization that self-reflection which is i mean that's ultimate in a, in learning in a learning journey isn't it is to be able to reflect back on um well that's an area i need to improve on and and like you said by using all these different technologies and and apps and and tablets and and so so on um and then i guess then going on to normalize it by it being transferable over to their phones um is is it all about increasing their independence yeah there's so many benefits isn't there yeah yeah I, and i think they can transfer onto their phones or if they have a tablet even better but it's just preparing them here while while we have time with them and recommending things they can teach their own friends i think and by spreading the word about assistive technology it will help it will help everyone out yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, it's something that I'm really interested in. But until we started talking now, I hadn't thought about applying it to myself. So um, now I think we're going to have to talk further afterwards about the things that I can, I can uh, try out to make my life a bit assisted. <laughs> um, I think you've, you said it a bit earlier on, and I thought I'll, I'll come back to that, because we're talking about um, this is the way of the future. Um, and, it, and it is, isn't it? I mean, technology... Um, is 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 more and more part of our daily lives um i mean we haven't really ch we haven't really touched on ai and perhaps that's the that's the topic for another show because uh there's a lot in that um but it is the future and i guess it's going to make that it's going to develop their skills that are going to be more current and more applicable to employment um 
so that's amazing so i think what we, what we'll do is we're going to go into the news now and then um if anybody's got any messages they'd like to text into the show um while while we're doing that that would be amazing love to hear your thoughts on this uh and then i think you know in the in the um to aim for balance we'll just talk about if there's any drawbacks afterwards okay thank you Right, so um, thank you for for sticking around, Alex, and coming back after the news. And so, drawbacks. What are the drawbacks of this? Because I mean, at the moment, it's just sounding frankly fantastic, and and all the benefits. But are there any drawbacks that you've come across? I know it's relatively new. Um, you know this um, uh, this program that you're devising and, and leading on. Which um, congratulations, by the way, that's great. Um, but yeah, what? drawbacks have you come across so far? I think the only real drawbacks is the fact that it is just a, such a growing and developing area which the I mean the concept has been around for a long time of using assistive technology it's been around you know to use for ages but the field is, is growing so I think the drawback is that there's just not too many um, businesses selling devices yet that the public can access as easily. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't see any huge drawbacks of assistive technology as it's all, it's all, all it's there for is to improve students' capability or anyone's capability or assist people to carry out any daily tasks or mm -hmm. tasks at work. So un unless, unless you worry about people relying on it heavily, um, but looking at the way the world is moving, like I said earlier, everyone now relies on technology to perform their daily tasks anyway. Yeah. So I don't think... I don't think assistive technology brings you down in any way other than that obviously it's used online or with devices. So unless you have the devices, mm. um, but, but then that's what it's there for. It's there to prepare you for these situations and maybe teach you how to be more independent. So without the devices, hopefully you would still have the skills that you've learned to go out into daily life anyway. Yeah, great point. Yeah, because it could it doesn't have to be in entirety, does it? It could be a stepping stone. So, you know, maybe at first you are using, oh, I don't know, let's say alarms to set yourself reminders. And I, I know I do that. <laughs> and I name the alarms all different things if I know I've got to remember something very important. So, you know, you could be doing that, but then as you get into a routine, you might be able to lessen the number of alarms you've got going off all day long, maybe. Um, that's a good point. Um, I guess keeping up with it, that's that's a, yeah. not a drawback, but that's something to consider, isn't it? As you said, the, the amount of the, the technological advances that are, you know, our speed, um, of, of developing or not ours personally I don't developed anything but the, the way technology is developing is incredibly fast and I guess you it's you need to be aware of keeping up with that um but I'm guessing kind of tech and like you said gaming you enjoy gaming and things like that I guess if it's an area of interest of yours personally is it something you feel you kind of keep up with anyway you're interested in well yeah I think as as it is now an area of my job I think I'm always looking at different ways it's growing and different businesses that are now starting up and I think I think it's it's not too hard to keep following and, and keep going with it but there's different things now like artificial intelligence that I think you know one day we'll all be using and I think we do we do already use it without without knowing mm. but but I, I just I don't think I think the benefits are they completely outweigh any sort of negatives with assistive technology so there's no reason why anyone should be scared to use it I think I think all it's gonna do is make your life easier you just ha you just have to do your own research because it can get quite 
there is a lot there's a lot to learn yeah there is a lot to learn but you're right who doesn't want something that's going to make their life easier <laughs> oh okay so great so not many drawbacks i mean i guess one consideration is is financial isn't it and, and resourcing um as with many many things but um all right so if you've got some can you can you sort of talk to us about some examples um some, some real life examples lived examples of how this has been working yeah, so obviously we use it daily through maths, maths and English on the iPads, and we have our own sort of um, interface and intranet through something called BKSB, which is iPad compatible, so it's perfect because we were already using that on laptops. So the fact we now use it on the iPad and use the accessibility features just, just makes it great. Um, but they have so many features, so all students have, have found ways to benefit from them when using the devices. I think I think the initial novelty, novelty of using the device, like an iPad or a VR headset, can be a great icebreaker when trying to get students to use a device. Mm. So this then opens them up to a world of new capabilities for them to face challenges and things that maybe they just gave up on before, like being able to write an email, a formal email. They, they might just not even think about the fact they can do it now just by speaking. Mm. So I, I, th I think now we've got students applying for jobs and I think we have students that are lower level with maths and English and there's, they're, quite, they're a bit younger but they, and they weren't confident on a laptop or with a pen. But now by using an iPad, it allows them to grow much faster and now they're thinking about applying for jobs just, just from the confidence of finding a device or something that works for them. That's great. That's another example, isn't it, of just this multi-level, multi, multi -level, um, you know, going right down from, you know, me, meeting the need of increasing their confidence to icebreaker. Yeah, I love that kind of the idea of break, breaking the ice to access the learning to the actual, um, you know, outcome at the end that they can apply for a job. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it just makes students happy. And we've, we've had certain individuals that are just happy to try maths and English now or, or the concept of learning because they've, they've got a device they're comfortable using and happy touching and typing on. We've got other students that love quizzes and now we can create our own together by passing the iPad around the room and using the speech to text feature. And, and it's just fun to speak to the iPad and it types for you. But they don't realise that they're building so many skills at the same time. And I think by using a fun device or something so interactive, they're just they're learning without even knowing and I think afterwards you can explain to them the different skills they've learned and the different things they've built but I think in the moment it's just amazing that people don't understand their their learning and they're developing such a huge skill. You've used some of my favourite words there to do with education so happy the students are happy to do it um, fun um, and that like you said the interacting so not only with you you know as the as their teacher but building these quizzes together and passing it round the room so that everybody's everybody's interacting um that's just great and then that i think that's so important that that bit you said at the end um helping them realize what they've learned because you're right they they're having fun they're happy they're engaged quizzes are great as an example um and then you're you're spending the lesson and you've all got this great quiz and having having a, a brilliant time 
And then you take that time at the end of the lesson to go, do you realise what you've learned today? Do you yeah, realise yeah. all those skills you've used? You've used communication, you've used English skills, you've used technology skills, um, you've used general knowledge, uh, you might have used research skills to kind of find out the questions and answers for the quiz. They're helping them see and then I guess they'd reflect back and go, oh my gosh, I actually, I did, I did loads today. Um, and actually, I want to do it again tomorrow. And if that's yeah. not a successful lesson, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, it opens them up to the fact that they can learn. I think there's lots of students that put up the barrier straight away, like, oh, I don't want to be taught. But I think by doing it without realising and then speaking to them about what they've learned, it makes them understand that they still have room to grow in, in so many areas. And I, I think just think the iPads or any device just allows you to feel more comfortable learning. And, I, and there's there's other examples, like that we have this young, young man who loves art, but he really struggles to use a pencil. And I think he has so many bright ideas. He, he loves he loves art as, as an idea and as a subject, but he just really struggles to, to do it himself. And since using the iPads, every day he's now wanting to do art and drawing and he's colouring things in and printing things off and putting it in his folder, putting it up on the wall in the classroom. It's just made him confident that he, he actually he is able to, to do art, but maybe he thought previously that it was just something he enjoyed looking at. Now he can do it himself by using an iPad. That's amazing. So not, not only is he doing it himself, he's confident enough to put that up on the wall for everyone else to see. That's brilliant that is amazing um do you know it's just made me think I, I actually posted I think um, I actually posted something um last week of um a um, an activity I did with one of my students and we listened to music so we were listening to some um some quite classical music and then from that she, she was then describing um sort of create I guess like creative writing but it was it was verbal she was describing a scene that the music was making her think of um, and I did the same and then we used an AI um, art generator app and we you know experimented around with our prompts and you know you need to kind of work that out how but yeah then we used that to generate pictures of the of the images um that this music had created I mean right it was fantastic and it was just it's linking isn't it bringing out all that creativity um but removing the barrier of perhaps low self-confidence or you know worry about whether you can actually you know physically do it like you said he, he was very reluctant to pick up a pencil um wow amazing yeah so there was um i think i think using ai is also another area that i i'd like to build more on and i think I found a new site recently that you can use prompts um, for English skills or writing stories, and I, I think there's some there's some people that think they they're not creative or they're not able to think of new ideas. And 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 one boy I was working with in a group the other day, we were using AI to to give us prompts for creative writing stories, and I just think it allows by using technology to sort of spark conversation or using AI as prompts, it allows you to sort of bounce off of that and then be creative from that. So I, th I think I think in any sort of area, using artificial intelligence is, is going to be huge. Mm. This is amazing. Actually, I'm just thinking back of all the topics we've covered. So we've gone from maths and English to creativity, to life skills, um, to getting out independently in the community, um, to increasing employability. 
We've done fun, happy students, communication, interaction. I mean, this is, yeah, I guess anyone who's um, not started to think about bringing these these things in, um, you know, it, it's there's so many benefits to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've, I've said a lot about iPads, but I mean, you can do this on your phone as well just as easily. Mm. But it's, so I, th I think there's no reason why you shouldn't try it, you know, and just to see just to see how it helps your life. And if you work in an education setting, maybe suggest that these things might improve engagement from students and by any sort of device. You could do you, you can get these features on laptops or computers still. You won't have the touch or the sort of interaction that an iPad can bring, but there's so many things like we were saying with the AI or just the VR you can do with your phone. There's sort of 360 cameras that you can scroll on your phone. You don't have to have the full equipment to be able to delve into the plethora of sort of situations there is so much that i did not know about this we do, we're definitely definitely going to talk more about this 360 camera yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. i'm starting to feel like a bit of a technophobe <laughs> <laughs> i am not up on all this but you know that's it's, it's amazing that you mm -hmm. are and it just sounds so so successful and so great and you know i think your students there's no doubt that your students are benefiting from this so that's amazing so on a final, any final thoughts or top tips? Um, I think, well, if, if you have an Apple device, I think just by, there's a whole website um, made by Apple about the accessibility features. And I think just as a bit of homework for anyone listening, just to go on their website, the accessibility department on Apple's website, and just look at the huge amount of things that you didn't know your phone could do. Mm. I think just, just utilize the things that you've already, you've already paid for, you already have, and um, Android devices also have accessibility features, so I think I think just just try it. Try the different um, text sizes. Try the different text-to-speech features. Just try try type an email using the microphone. I, th I think just just have a go, and I think you'll realise how useful these things can become. Right, that is on my to-do list for today. <laughs> type a no, do compose an email using a, a voice app. Right, fantastic. <laughs> Um, so if anyone, I mean, Alex, you've been so informative. Um, this is a fascinating area. Like I said, like we keep saying, it's emerging. Um, there's a lot to keep up with. But if anyone who's listened um, wanted to kind of, you know, get in touch and let us know either things you've tried or if you want to kind of ask um, or if Alex can provide any yeah, advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then yeah, you can, obviously you can, um, you can contact me through Teacher Talk Radio or you can tweet me um, and then we will happily carry on the conversation with everyone. But Alex, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time out of your busy teaching day. Um, we really appreciate it, so thanks ever so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
The debate around immigration took a turn towards education this week as the UK government announced that foreign postgraduate students on non-research courses will no longer be able to bring family members to the UK. According to the BBC, the University of Wolverhampton has already criticised the new plan. Whilst Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said the move would help bring migration down, Dr Rachel Morgan Guthrie from the university said students who came with a support network were more likely to succeed. Last year, 135,788 visas were granted to dependents of foreign students, nearly nine times more than in 2019. In the same period, 680,000 foreign students studied in the UK. There was also a division within the government as some wanted to see the ban on dependents extended to all postgraduate students, whilst others, including Education Secretary Gillian Keegan, argued that there were economic benefits both to universities themselves and the wider community. Vapes have regularly appeared as a topic of concern for many teachers, and a recent report into substances found in illegal vapes is likely to raise further issues. The BBC reports that vapes confiscated from school pupils contained high levels of lead, nickel and chromium. The results of the test showed that children using them could be inhaling twice the safe limit of lead and nine times the safe amount of nickel. High levels of lead exposure can affect the central nervous system and brain development. The majority of the vapes analysed were deemed illegal and had not been tested before being sold in the UK. So-called highlighter vapes, designed in bright colours to look like highlighter pens, contained unsafe levels of the metals coming from the e-liquid. The government has allocated £3 million to tackle the sale of illegal vapes, but critics say it is not enough to deal with concerns around the number of children gaining access to these products. In Scotland, school meal debt could be scrapped in some additional areas, after North Ayrshire Council agreed an action to investigate the impact the debt was having on families and schools. Head teachers of local schools are regularly reminding parents they owe money, according to the story in the Daily Record. Twelve councils across Scotland have already abolished this type of debt. The increase in families struggling with paying for meals has been attributed to the cost of living crisis. Many schools have reported parents struggling to feed children and resorting to sending pupils to school with inadequate packed lunches or, in extreme circumstances, keeping children off school to avoid accruing more debt. Finally, and staying with the topic of food, STV reports that in Glasgow, free school meals have been so popular that head teachers have had to stagger lunch times to ensure everyone can eat comfortably. The increased uptake of children in P1 to P5 accessing a free meal has again been attributed to the cost of living crisis, meaning more families are needing to access certain benefits. But at least everyone is getting a good meal and the staggered breaks have helped kitchens and dining halls to cope. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm considering how easy it is to get distracted when researching on the internet. I'm putting myself in the shoes of a young person and I've set myself a task of writing a report on the greatest invention of all time. I'm also not going to use ChatGPT. So, my first online search showed a lot of people claim the wheel is the greatest invention. And let's face it, there are a lot of them around. There are 9 million bicycles in Beijing. 
and that's a fact. That's 18 million wheels just on bikes in one city, if we assume nobody has a tricycle. This led me to want to know how many bicycles there are in the world. The answer I found was an estimated 1 billion. That's 2 billion wheels, again assuming nobody has a tricycle. Now I want to know how many wheels are there in the world. Another search tells me there's an estimated 37 billion, 24 of these billion being toys, and the next biggest share of 8.4 billion being on cars. A quick scan of the results page poses an additional question I hadn't considered. Are there more doors or wheels in the world? Well, I simply have to know. In a few clicks, I find out it's estimated there are 48 billion doors in the world. So based on this research, there are more doors and isn't a door a great invention? Yet it's not been proposed as one in my prior searches. And if there are that many doors, how many hinges must there be? The amazing thing about the internet is that there's always an answer. And the way search engines deliver those answers are designed to keep you interested and active. So potentially, you see more ads and make them more money. Which doesn't help get that report written, does it? Does your school teach young people how to research effectively? Do our young people realise how much they are advertised at? I'd love to hear your thoughts. As always, when I get in touch at TC Radio Official, I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Well, that was such an interesting two-minute tech um, and highly relevant, actually, to everything that we've just been talking about. Um, as I was listening to that, I was remembering when that question was going was going round. Um, and I know we discussed it at work a lot. Um, and there was team wheels and team doors. And um, I don't think at the time that we found the answer, but I'm pretty sure I remember that I, I said doors. So I'm quite pleased with that, to hear that. Um, on a more serious, on a more serious note, that um, what Steve just said there about are we teaching our students how to research effectively? Um, I mean, that's that's something really to think about. I think actually, because especially when you're researching online and you're kind of going down these um, rabbit holes of of all this information, um, I mean, it's so so different, isn't it? And I do sometimes say to the students that it is times have changed um i mean i remember when when i was at school or college um or uni if you had a project you had to um go to the library and then there were reference books that you couldn't take home um they're absolutely massive um and you'd have to block that time i guess go to the library and and write your notes um and then go home and write it all up i mean now we've just got this absolute wealth of information um coming you know at our fingertips literally at our fingertips so perhaps the new skill to be developing was um you know is how to how to do that without getting distracted how to use the internet to research effectively um i think the point about adverts as well um do they realize how many adverts they're they're getting i would say probably yes i think maybe i mean i think our students maybe are a little more more aware of it than than we are as adults sometimes um and it's that thing isn't it once you search something if we're going back to that that um statistic that i said earlier that users are querying google 8.5 billion times per day um so we're just looking stuff up but then there's the um algorithm isn't it then then the things you're searching for are going to pop up everywhere on your instagram um feed you know that those it's going to tailor tailor the adverts to your search history which um could 
it could be useful or maybe not. <laughs> um, so just to, you know, just to finish on a, on a few thoughts. Um, so there was something Alex said that I just wanted to expand on slightly um, that we, we didn't at the time. So he talked about being able to customise your tablet um, tablet or your iPhone. Um, and there is actually, um, Apple have got um, a new thing where I'm just going to find find where it is but um as well as features for speech accessibility apple have announced a cognitive um disability setting um called assistive access which essentially lets you pair your device down to a few core apps of your choosing and then you can choose to have them arranged in a grid or a list um it just it simplifies the interface down to large, easily readable buttons. So you can make calls, um, you can access an emoji only keyboard um, without all the clutter going on. Um, so I mean, I think originally some companies did this because it was for um, devices for more senior users that strip away the bulk um, and that del deliver sort of a quite a simple user interface. Um, but with Apple's new assistive access feature, those with sort of cognitive um, needs and barriers will be able to take advantage of using that mainstream iPhone de device um, and just customize it to themselves, um, you know, to their needs, which is, I mean, that's, re that's really fantastic. Um, there was a lot more that came out about Global Accessibility Awareness Day as well. Um, so there was um, some quite, well, they called it, it was a nice article. So. Um, they called it hopeful announcements. So the purpose of Global Accessibility Awareness Day was to get everyone talking, thinking and learning about digital access and inclusion and, and what can everybody do to make the digital world more accessible. Um, so they looked at actually home pages and websites and things um, and uh, found that um, 66 percent of them were sort of missing missing things like image out text um there was 59 percent had empty links um so there is a lot more um that we can do right from right from your kind of your websites or your school websites making sure everything's accessible um but as well as um, the ones that we've kind of talked about the big ones like apple and google and things like that um there was quite a lot in the gaming there's quite a lot of gaming announcements um so epic games announced the inclusion of items to raise awareness in Fortnite, um and then playstation um are bringing out a new inclusive controller um so there's a there's a lot going on um sort of not just as we've discussed in the classroom um but there's a lot going on outside um outside as well um so i think that as somebody i'm someone i think who's maybe sometimes daunted by new tech um i mean it's always been something that um I feel slightly out of my depth with sometimes. Um, so I think to hear from someone like Alex, um, who's who's really up on all of this and really thoughtful about it, um, makes it it does make it more accessible to me. I think, yeah, okay, there's there is a little bit of a time investment maybe to um, go and do my homework, as he said, find out. But he makes a really good point. You know, we've got these things, we've got these things already. So why not find find a few things that are going to help you um, or help others. So it's not that you have to sort of jump in and use everything. Um, 
so there's there is that that aspect um as we've talked about as alex and i've talked about there's in the classroom there's academic um but the one that i'm really interested and very passionate about taking forward i think is this thing about um independent adult living um preparing our students preparing our children i mean going back to the thing um with the dyslexia report association report the earlier you do it the better the greater the impact um long term so you know if you've got students um pupils students children who are who find it difficult to access their communities, um, difficult to access the wider world um, and have um, anxieties about sort of being independent, then all of this technology um, is going to help. Um, I mean, I just think it's brilliant. Um, the other aspect to it is this is staff. Um, so there was a really interesting article that I was reading from Educators Technology, um, and it's all about key digital skills for the 21st century teachers. Um, so what it was saying is technology has become a major player um, in your pedagogy. Um, so even this was even before the pandemic, the outbreak of the pandemic, but um, some teachers maybe didn't want to acknowledge that or maybe shied away from it um, maybe a lack of confidence there um, but obviously the sudden disruption caused by the pandemic and school closures and we just had to jump in didn't we with this new mode of teaching and learning um, and you know this remote learning and and very very quick fast upskill um, to be able to deliver learning through technology um, so now that you know, now that we've moved on a bit from that, um, it is it is a fact that the technology is here here to stay. Um, so we, you know, for us in education, there's there's certainly a new sort of hybrid, I, I guess, of um, sort of tech, using the technology, but then also having this, I guess, old school kind of way of delivering and teaching. And, um, and I think it's a really good thing to have a mix. Um, and obviously we've all got to play to our strengths. Um, this hybrid type of teaching does require quite a specific set of skills and competencies. Um, ones that kind of you know people know about the power of of the digital tech world um, transforming how we teach um and imparting knowledge um you know as i've already said me <laughs> it's not an area i'm i feel especially confident in myself um but that, that's you know so i think one of the factors is is staff having the time um going back to that time thing, having the time and the resources to develop their own digital skills. Um, this kind of, yeah, skills that you kind of need, I guess, is kind of the skills around collaborative um, collaborative work. Um, there's a lot, isn't there, out there in kind of um, blogs and YouTube videos and articles and, and going back to the research skills. Um, I mean, creating content. Um, but, you know, and just as Alex has been talking about, literally just keeping up with all these apps that are coming out, these apps and sources of um, assistive technology. Um, and I think finally on this bit, it's evaluating the content. Um, so the internet is full of all kinds of stuff. Um, so you don't want to um, kind of waste your time on the ones that um, 
are the knowledge isn't quite right or you know that it's factually incorrect i guess back to sort of fact checking isn't it um so the sources need to be kind of accurate and reliable um and credible so just checking right from the beginning the the background and the assessment of the content um and again that's something it's going to need um time for a member of staff to be able to do that to trial the apps um to get feedback from from students about what's working and what's not working um but with all of that there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that this is the way um so we've got we do need to give time to teachers i mean certainly not everyone but some teachers um having the time to develop their key digital skills enable to be able to help um students access it um and then the very last thing i thought of um or i've been thinking and we've been talking about is this impact um or perhaps these benefits sorry not impact but benefit for staff in using the things using these things themselves um so all these um things that we time saving devices um you, you know those kind of things um could be could have a real big um real big impact i mean i'm certainly gonna kind of try it like i keep saying i'm gonna i'm gonna try some of them and then come back with well certainly you know discuss which ones worked for me and which ones didn't so if anyone who has been listening and thinks oh actually yeah that that gosh i could save so much time if i just talked instead of typing um or you know any of the other organizational things that we've talked about um if anyone's got any thoughts then please do tweet afterwards tweet after the show um and you could do that through teachers talk radio um account or i'm on twitter as marie greenhouse but there's got an i've got an eight <laughs> at the end of my name um but yeah, thanks everyone who's joined this morning. It's been really great and I really appreciate you joining, especially on a bank holiday Monday. Um, but and anyone who's listening back afterwards, thank you so much. It's been a really interesting show for me today and I feel like I've learned a lot and I've got a lot to go away and try. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.